to the Pursuit of Truth podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host, and today's date is March 23rd, 2021, and this is going to be episode 20. So this is our first segment of the week here, and it seems like ever since we left on Thursday afternoon, everything started getting crazy. Folks were going crazy, burning it down and things like that. So the first thing I want to talk about here is and you probably heard about it in Georgia. There was a gunman in Georgia who shot at a uh, massage place. Uh, <laughs> um, he I guess he took his gun in there and he shot some folks. And he, they asked him why he did it. He said that he was sexually frustrated. Now, I was talking with some coworkers of mine. And uh, I guess you can like kind of cover the children's ears if you if you uh, if you need to. Um, I, you know, because I'm I'm when it comes to certain things, I'm I'm kind of naive in certain things in life, and I'm sure that uh, you'll be able to. Uh, my what I say is going to indicate to you what I'm a little bit naive about. <laughs> so uh, the, the the gentleman shot folks in this massage parlor and I think I think uh, if I remember correctly six of them were of Asian descent and two of them were Caucasian people white people and so then the media here's the thing the media makes it about race honestly we should be angry if anybody gets shot you know and so So this gentleman shot at those people. He said he was sexually frustrated. Personally, I don't understand uh, the. I, I don't understand how the sexual frustration leads to killing people. You know, uh, we're all adults. Uh, most of us listening to this are adults, and we know what people do to relieve certain types of tension. And I was talking to uh, a couple coworkers of mine. Now keep in mind here. Keep in mind, I'm I'm 24 years old, and these two gentlemen, my coworkers, uh, these two gentlemen are upwards of 45. Okay, uh, 45, 50, 50 something years old. These gentlemen are in their 50s, 45, you know, 40s, 50s, and they talk to me about, uh, I'll just say, uh, certain services that people uh, acquire or acquiesce in. Uh, massage parlors and things like that. I mean, I knew they existed, but I was kind of just oblivious to it, you know, cuz cuz me personally, if I went to if I went into a massage parlor myself, that never would have came into my mind, but hey, that's just me. But more importantly, the gentleman who shot at these people said he was sexually frustrated and then the media is making this about race and and then they're correlating it with people calling, you know, with COVID-19 and things like that. Um, you know, I think we should be angry if anyone is shot, but you know, as I told you in past episodes, the government is going to use things like this to pass gun legislation because they do want to take our, in my opinion, in my opinion, I'll say that in my opinion, I think that there are, there is a section of Congress that wants to take our second amendment away. And I think that there is a, the other section of Congress who just doesn't care. So there's that. Uh, and then, you know, uh, even in my city, because I work on Saturdays in my city, there were rallies going around downtown and things like that. And 
Sacramento around Chavez Park that said things like stop Asian hate and things like that. And so yeah, they're they're just uh, bringing more identity politics into the fold here. So thanks, uh, thanks uh, social media and the news. So next. We have, quickly, Donald Trump talks about how he's going to launch his own social media platform. I have an article here from MSN. I'm just going to go over this quickly. Um, he's, uh, a quote from Donald Trump says, so MSN quotes uh, has an article from Political, and Donald Trump says, quote, I'm going to do things that have to do with putting our own platform out that you'll be hearing about soon enough. So he's going to launch his own social media website, and then so you have a quote from Jason Miller, who is uh, one of Donald Trump's senior advisors. He says, this is something I think that will be the hottest ticket in social media. It's going to completely redefine the game, and everyone's going to be waiting and watching to see what exactly what President Trump does. And Trump also has a quote here that says, you're seeing that we put out statements from the president, etc., etc., and it's getting picked up by everybody, everything, everything we say. And that is true, Donald Trump is box office. Um, whether you love him or hate him, he is so polar. He's very polarizing, and the thing is that when he speaks, uh, the media has no choice but to listen to him. You have no choice but to see him on Twitter, to see him on Facebook. Um, whether you are seeing negative or positive things about him, you have no choice but to go ahead and see that stuff. Now he also goes on and says, "I think it's been very big." I've only started doing that over the last three or four weeks, but the voices out there, I think, maybe in a certain way, maybe as big as ever. And so, the, I actually listened to a couple podcasts, and one of the podcasts I listened to is um, called War Room Pandemic, and it's Steve Stephen Bannon, and he is he actually has a gentleman by the name of Mike Lindell on there. I'm sure you've probably heard of Mike Lindell. He's the CEO of My Pillow. This is not this is not a uh, advertisement for him, by the way, but. I'm just going to say that the my pillows are actually pretty, pretty good. Uh, anyways, yeah, so he had Mike Lindell on there. And Mike Lindell actually talked about launching a social media website later. And the website is, uh, the social media site is going to be called Vocal. Uh, it's going to be spelled V O C L. And that's actually going to launch a little bit later. So you can go ahead and look that up if you're interested in hearing about that. I, I'm actually pretty, uh, I'm actually anticipating that. Uh, I actually really, really want to see how that turns out and everything because, as you folks know, I don't get on social media much, and I think it's because the truth doesn't matter on social media. So our next topic here is that we have an article from the Epic Times. It says, female athletes are denied the chance to testify at the Senate panel about the Equality Act. So if you know about the Equality Act, it's the HR bill passed by Congress, uh, HR1, I believe talks about uh, discrimination between LGBT folks and things like that. So, article goes on. The uh, author, Mark Tapscott. Article says, three present and former Connecticut high school biological female athletes were barred from testifying on March 17th before the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on the Equality Act that recently passed the House of Representatives. The Equality Act prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity. Christina Holcomb of the of the Alliance Defending Freedom provided providing legal counsel for the women told the Epoch Times that it was the majority Democrats who prevented athletes from testifying. So it was the majority Democrats who prevented the athletes from testifying. That's funny because that, those are the people who usually say that we need more women doing certain things and believe women and things like that. 
one thing I want to point out about this article, it's just, it's just hilarious to me that, you know, when I started the article, first sentence reads, three present and former Connecticut high school biological female athletes. That is just insanity, how we actually have to say someone's a biological female. That is just pathetic, really, in our society. That You know, I feel like in society, societies um, really go at an arch in terms of how good it's doing. So pretty much, I feel like America had peaked in its freedoms and and everything like that it had peaked in its freedoms and uh and its opportunity and then we slowly started to decline because people didn't realize how free and open our society is and they just decided to uh ask for more and uh, beat a dead horse so says I have another quote from uh, Mrs. Holcomb here. He says, It is disgraceful that Democrats refuse to hear from Selena, Chelsea, and Alana on the harms that they face from a law like the Equality Act. Our clients have lost out on state championships, podium sports, and opportunities to advance in competition because they were forced to compete against biological males. Yeah, it's pathetic, bro. Uh, it's pathetic how you have biological men competing against uh, women. That's pathetic. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. Pathetic. I'll say it a thousand times. It's stupid. You shouldn't be doing that if you're a man. You know, you need to be playing male sports with men, okay? It says, Democrats and Republicans blame each other. When asked by the Epic Times if the majority side refused to allow the women to testify, a spokesman for the Democrats who asked not to be named said, no, they were not barred by the majority. The minority was able to call two witnesses and they chose the witnesses that testified today. So, uh, in layman terms, this uh, spokesman for the Democrats is saying that no, the women were not barred by the Democrats, who are the majority, and saying that the minority was able to call two witnesses. And the minority is the GOP, the Republican Party, right now. Republican committee spokesman Taylor Foy told the Epic Times that the original negotiation between the committee majority and minority on witnesses sought what is known as a consistent consensus hearing in which both sides will get three witnesses and a say on the other side's selections. So, yeah. Uh, ladies, uh, or if anybody has young daughters who play ball, uh, good luck, because you're probably going to be playing against a uh, six foot four, uh, 225-pounded beard, bearded lady. <laughs> Just get ready for that. Uh, honestly, if I had a daughter, I would take her out, and if she wanted to play sports, I'd take her out of public school and go to private school. So she's not playing against... Uh, LeBron James or anything like that. So, next subject here is that we have Georgia, we have a, a judge in Georgia that allows uh, citizens to inspect the Fulton County votes for uh, claims of election fraud. And my uh, my source here, my article here, comes from the Gateway Pundit. It says a judge in Georgia has granted a group of concerned citizens permission to inspect the votes in Fulton County, Georgia. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> This article kind of says the same thing over and over and over. So, Henry County Judge Brian Amaro on Monday conditionally granted members of Georgia-based coalition the right to unseal ballots from last November's presidential, presidential election in Fulton County. Members of the group Voter GA may now inspect these ballots for evidence of voter frauds. Amaro's decision is, quote, almost unprecedented in Georgia history, said a Voter GA spokesman, Garland Favorito. Former United States President Donald Trump lost Georgia's electoral votes to current U.S. President Joe Biden. The Georgia Star News asked Favorito if he and hundreds of voters might find enough evidence of voter fraud in Fulton County to tip the election in favor of former President Donald Trump. That's possible, 
he said. Favorito said Fulton County officials have long registered voter GA's attempts to, excuse me, wrong, long resisted voter GA's attempts to inspect their ballots. Quote here from Favorito says, we have sworn affidavits from several poll managers who say they handled counterfeit ballots during the hand count audit because those were mail-in ballots that were not marked with a writing instrument like a mail-in ballot should be. So there you have that. You know, it's kind of just crazy how, you know, Donald Trump was bringing uh, election fraud cases to the courts. And the thing is that it's the court didn't say that the, it was unfounded. It's just that the court did not even allow them to even present the evidence. So that kind of just, it's like, you know, you kind of have to ask the questions like, why, why did they not allow them to present the evidence? Why, you know, I feel like if they have uh, challenges to the election, I feel like the court should hear it. Because here's the thing. If you are a Democrat who dislikes Donald Trump, I think you should welcome this because you'll be able to, you, because because if Donald Trump still loses after counting all the ballots and everything and, 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 and investigating, if Donald Trump still loses after that, you'll be able to tell the Republicans, hey, you know, we went through all the steps and you still lost. So therefore, it was a free and fair election. And the Republicans should want this, obviously, because, you know, they, they, they want to win. So our next subject here is that, uh, also from the Epic Times, it says intelligence officials believe China meddled in 2020 election to damage Trump. A report from the United States intelligence community suggests that a minority of intelligence officials believe that the CCP did in fact attempt to hinder former President Trump's chances in the 2020 election while reporting that the CCP did not deploy interference efforts. A report from the National Intelligence Council released March 10th stated that Russia sought to denigrate President Joe Biden and boost Trump during the 2020 election and that China did not deploy interference efforts and considered but did not deploy influence efforts intended to change the outcome of the United States presidential election, adding, quote, we have a high confidence in this judgment. So they were pretty much putting out one-sided information. So it said, pretty much their information said that Russia sought to denigrate Joe Biden and China didn't do anything to hurt Trump. Okay, so in my opinion, in my opinion, in my opinion, I think that China would want to hurt Donald Trump, and I think they tried to. Um, and I think that Russia did want to hurt Joe Biden, and I think that they tried to. Uh, you know, but I think that China and Russia dislike Trump and Biden both. You know, uh, even though Joe Biden's is owned by China, and why do I say he's owned by China? Go ahead and listen to my episode by order of the CCP, and by order of the CCP Part Two. I actually give you the evidence and the facts from the FBI and places like that that talk about China and things like that. So I'm not just saying that just because I'm saying that because of the evidence. Go, you have to go back and listen to those episodes if you think that I'm just being a pathetic person like other people. The report further asserted that the CCP, quote, sought to sought stability in this relationship with the United States and did not view either election outcome as being advantageous enough for China to risk blowback if caught. While intelligence officials suspected that Beijing probably believed that its traditional influence tools primarily targeted economic measures and lobbying key individuals and interest group would be sufficient to achieve its goal of shaping the United States policy, regardless of who won the election. We did not identify China attempting to interfere with the election or infrastructure or providing funding to any candidates or parties. So one thing you gotta realize about folks like this and politics and things like that is 
a lot of times they say they will blame other people for the things that they are doing, and that comes that actually that is actually comes from the uh, the Nazi playbook. So the article actually goes on. You can go ahead and uh, look that up if you want to read the rest of that. So moving on, you might have heard that uh, Joe Biden was actually asked uh, about Vladimir Putin in an interview, and Joe Biden calls Vladimir Putin a killer. And I would have to say that I agree with Joe Biden here that Vladimir Putin is a murderer. I would agree with that. And so pretty much after that, Putin challenges Biden to a live debate. Um, it says, uh, article here from the Epic Times, quote, says, uh, I've thought of this just now, Putin told Russian State TV. I want to propose to President Biden to continue our discussion, but on the condition that we do it basically live, as it's called, without any delays and directly in an open, direct discussion. It seems to me that that would be interesting for the people of Russia and for the people of the United States. So... Putin uh, wants to have a live debate. That's good because that's one thing. Joe Biden, a lot, Joe Biden is never live on TV. He's always recorded um, and, and stuff like that. He's never live. He never he never answers answers questions at a press conference and things like that. And yeah, and, that, and that's why I think that Putin was challenging him to do it live because let's let's just be honest there. Uh, when it comes to uh, the brain there, I, I don't think Joe Biden's all there. Some people were laughing at Joe Biden because he fell. And that's unfortunate that he, he fell about three times going up the stairs to Air Force One. And, you know, it's it's kind of, it's just, it's just, it's, I, I feel embarrassed. So Putin pretty much responds to Biden. Uh, he also responds to Biden, Biden in an article from Bloomberg. He says, after, after Joe Biden calls him a killer, Putin responds, it takes one to know one. So, uh, yeah. Because you know, if you if you remember if you remember correctly, because some people who some people can't remember correctly, but you have some uh, during the Obama administration, there were countries in which Obama did bomb women and children. So there's that. And so yeah, folks are just. Uh, it seems like folks are really, really just uh, really, really getting getting crazy at each other today. Uh, I think we're, we're later uh, in this segment we're going to talk about. Uh, China, China, the United States now, uh, and Secretary Blinken, uh, who uh, talked to some of the Chinese secretaries earlier uh, last week, and uh, they got a little bit feisty. Uh, but I actually have the, uh, I actually have the transcript, a physical transcript, and I'll be reading some of that. So next subject here says a Wisconsin judge is charged with seven counts of child pornography. Article here from the AP Associated Press says. The state Supreme Court of Wisconsin on Wednesday pulled a Wisconsin judge from the bench after he was charged with multiple counts of possession of child pornography. State, state Department of Justice attorneys filed seven felony counts against Milwaukee County Cir Circuit Judge Brett Blom. Each count carries a max maximum sentence of 25 years in prison. The charges were filed in Dane County. Court Commissioner Brian Asmus released Blom on a signature bond and set a pre preliminary hearing for April 29th. Blom's attorney listed in online court records as Chris Van Wagner didn't immediately respond to a message seeking comment. The state Supreme Court issued an order on Wednesday barring Blom from serving as a judge and ordered his salary withheld. According to the criminal complaint, the Department of Justice began investigating Blom in February after receiving a tip from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children that the judge had uploaded child pornography through the Kick 
messaging application 27 times in October and November. That's just that's just sick. That's just sick. Okay, I could go on about how licentious and pathetic that really is, but you folks get it. Next subject here is in Iowa from the Des Moines Register. It says Iowa House passes bill allowing Iowans to carry by uh, handguns without permits. The Iowa House has passed a bill allowing Iowans to carry and purchase handguns without a permit, sending the measure to the Senate for consideration. Iowans would still be able to ob obtain gun permits to carry or acquire handguns if the bill became law, but the process would become optional. Supporters of the legislation say many people would still apply for permits so they can carry their weapons out of state. So pretty much, uh, according to the, to the Des Moines Register, uh, it passed the Iowa House on a 60 to 37 vote, 60 to 37 and every Republican backed it, as well as one Democrat named Wes Beckenridge of Newton, uh, Iowa. And he he supported the bill, and then all the other Democrats actually opposed the bill. You know, this might be an effort to negate the impending gun legislation from the federal Congress. Because, you know, we have H.R. 8, the gun control bill, and then, you know, we have all these flags here. You're gonna, you're gonna, that's, that's the thing. You're gonna, you, you folks, like I told you in previous episodes... You're going to start seeing more and more shootings, okay? That's what you're going to see. So just be ready for it. It's, 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 it's coming. So moving on to the border and illegal immigration. Article from the Epic Times. Over 100% monthly rise in illegal border crossings by families and unaccompanied children, per the CBP. Border Patrol agents continue to encounter large number, large groups of people illegally crossing from Mexico into South Texas with U.S. Customs and Border Protection announcing more than 100% month-to-month increase in February in two categories of illegal aliens, family units, and family units and unaccompanied minors. CBP said in a March 17th release that border agents apprehended four large groups of people between Monday and Wednesday, which followed an earlier announcement of two large groups of illegal aliens crossing the border into the United States over the weekend. On Saturday, on Saturday morning, agents responded to a report of a large group of illegal aliens near Las Lomas, Texas, apprehending a total of 134 people. CBP said 128 family members were identified within that group, which consisted of nationals from Honduras, El Salvador, El Salvador Guatemala, and Nicaragua. Hours later, agents were notified that another large group of illegal aliens crossing near La Grula, Texas, the group of 113 illegal aliens consisted of both family units and seven unaccompanied alien children. While most of the members of that group were from Central America, 17 people were identified as Romanian nationals, like the country from near the Balkan states in, in Europe. Romania. Crazy, right? So there's uh, pretty much the uh, port report on that one. So I also have another thing about illegal, illegal immigration and illegal immigrants from the Gateway Pundit. Uh, it says illegal immigrants given sheet of paper with instructions to appear in court and allowed to fly domestic using the sheet of paper as an ID. So pretty much the illegal immigrants are going to be able to fly domestically, uh, probably first class too, uh, while you get on economy. <laughs> uh, it's just it's a little joke there. But um, yeah, so they're going to be able to uh, fly domestically. There's a, a song by uh, an artist named Fergie. Uh, it's a song called Fabulous. A long time ago when I was young, she says, uh, flying first class, living the life, drinking champagne. It's probably what's going to be going on there. And on your tax dollars, too, so get ready for that. 
So, last thing I'm going to say about illegal immigration today, I have a report, uh, I have an article from the Daily Wire. It says, report, Biden administration quietly pressing Mexico, Mexico to help deal with the border crisis. During a time when Democrat President Joe Biden's border crisis is rapidly spiraling, spiraling out of control, as new reporting on Tuesday evening indi indicated that the number of unaccompanied children being held in detention facilities is more than 300% higher than previously known, the Biden administration is reportedly looking to vaccine to a vaccine distribution initiative to help bolster negotiations with Mexico. Excuse me. He is clinging to a central element of Mr. Trump's agenda, relying on Mexico to restrain a wave of people making their way to the United States, anticipating a surge of migrants and the most apprehension apprehensions by American agents at the border in two decades. Mr. Biden asked President Obama. Obrador of Mexico in a video call this month whether more can be done to help solve the problem. According to Mexican officials and another person briefed on the conversation, the report continues that adding excuse me, the report continues adding that President Biden, the Biden administration is facing intense pressure scrambling to find shelter space for a growing number of migrant children and teenagers held in American detention facilities along the border. So pretty much if you were paying attention a couple years ago, Donald Trump uh, had a plan with Mexico where they would have Mexico keep people applying for asylum in the United States in Mexico or Trump was going to tariff them at 10% then 20% then 30% every single month until they until they decided to uh, help out that's kind of the way you have to do it you kind of have to hit people's pocketbooks in order to um, get them to <laughs> like do right unfortunately and Joe Biden is doing that but with vaccine distribution he's just offering them this uh vaccine distribution in, in exchange for them helping keep the migrants on the other side of the border but i just don't think it's right to criticize anybody for that policy now i mean yeah you can criticize it but just don't if you're gonna criticize one you have to criticize both don't don't be don't be a don't be a partisan that's pathetic now for me the most interesting story for me over the past couple days was definitely when Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with some of the secretaries in China. Now they got feisty out here, you know. They, got, you know, you know, Joe Biden and, and Putin were getting feisty, you know, and and now we have uh, now we got uh, Secretary of State and, and and the Chinese getting feisty out here, the, the CCP getting feisty out here, you know. So uh, I, I'm gonna roll some audio for you. Our administration uh, is committed to leading with diplomacy, to advance the interests of the United States, and to strengthen the rules-based international order. That system is not an abstraction. It helps countries resolve differences peacefully, uh, coordinate multilateral efforts effectively, and participate in global commerce with the assurance that everyone is following the same rules. The alternative to a rules-based order is a world in which might makes right and winners take all. And that would be a far more violent and unstable world for all of us. Uh, today, uh, we'll have an opportunity to discuss key priorities, uh, both domestic uh, and global, so that China can better understand our administration's intentions and approach. We'll also discuss our deep concerns with actions by China, including in Xinjiang, Hong Kong, Taiwan, cyber attacks on the United States, economic coercion toward our allies. Each of these actions threaten the rules-based order that maintains global stability. 
That's why they're not merely internal matters and why we feel an obligation uh, to raise these issues uh, here today. China is firmly opposed to U.S. interference in China's internal affairs. We have expressed our staunch opposition to such interference, and we will take firm actions in response. On human rights, we hope that the United States will do better on human rights. China has made steady progress in human rights, and the fact is that there are many problems within the United States regarding human rights, which is admitted by the U.S. itself as well. The United States has also said that countries can't rely on force in today's world to resolve the challenges we face. And it is a failure to use various means to topple the so-called authoritarian states. And the challenges facing the United States in human rights are deep-seated. They did not just emerge over the past four years, such as Black Lives Matter. It did not come up only recently. So we do hope that for our two countries, it's important that we manage our respective affairs well, instead of deflecting the blame on somebody else in this world. I have to tell you, in my, my short time as Secretary of State, I've spoken to, I think, nearly 100 counterparts uh, from around the world. And I just made uh, my first trip, uh, as I noted, to uh, Japan and South Korea. Uh, I have to tell you, what I'm hearing is very different from what you described. Uh, I'm hearing deep satisfaction that the United States is back, that we're reengaged with our allies and partners. I'm also hearing deep concern about some of the actions your government is taking. Uh, and we'll have an opportunity to discuss those uh, when we get down to work. A, a hallmark uh, of our leadership, of our engagement in the world, uh, is uh, our alliances and our partnerships that have been built on a totally voluntary basis. Uh, and it is something uh, that President Biden is committed to reinvigorating and strengthening. Uh, and there's one more uh, hallmark uh, of our leadership uh, here at home, and that's a, a constant quest to, as we say, uh, form a more perfect union. And that quest, by definition, acknowledges our imperfections, acknowledges that we're not perfect, uh, we make mistakes, uh, we, uh, we have reversals, we take steps back. But what we've done throughout our history is to confront those challenges openly, publicly, transparently, not trying to ignore them, not trying to pretend they don't exist, not trying to sweep them under a rug. And sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's ugly, but each and every time we've come out stronger, better, more united uh, as a country. Um, I recall well when uh, President Biden was vice president and we were visiting China, and this was in the wake of the financial crisis. Uh, there was much discuss discussion then, uh, including with, uh, with then uh, Vice President Xi Jinping. And Vice President Biden at the time said, uh, it's never a good bet to bet against America. And that remains true today. So that's the audio for you. And I actually have the transcript pulled up today. Uh, I got the transcript pulled up. It has a little bit more information. So pretty much, uh, 
Yeah, Anthony Blinken starts out saying uh, we're committed to advancing diplomacy and strengthening a rules-based international order. Remember that, rules-based international order, because China does respond to that in the transcript. Uh, Secretary Blinken says that, I said that the United States' relationship with China will be competitive where it should be, collaborative where it can be, and adversarial where it must be. I, Blinken is no, he ain't, Blinken ain't no slouch. <laughs> So pretty much, uh, the Blinken was also there with uh, National Security Advisor Sullivan. Sullivan, pretty much in a, in a nutshell, he says, "We do not seek conflict, but we welcome stiff competition, and we will always stand up for our for our principles, our people, and our friends." So we have Director Yang from China, who responds, and the thing is that the Chinese, the meeting with the meeting. In, in Alaska between the United States and China. They agreed to only speak for two minutes. But of course, the Chinese actually, the Chinese came to this, the CCP came to this meeting to dominate, not to negotiate, okay? Director Yang of China says, China's per capita GDP is only one-fifth of that in the United States, but we managed to end absolute poverty for all people in China. And we hope that other countries, especially the advanced countries, will make similar efforts in this regard. The Chinese people are wholly rallying around the Communist Party of China. Our values are the same as the common values of humanity. Can you believe the Chinese said that? Can you believe the CCP said that? They hold the same values as humanity? Torturing, raping women, uh, organ harvesting people, uh, enslaving Uyghur Muslims and, and Christians and Buddhists and people people of faith? That, that, that's, that's, that is, is that the common uh, values of humanity there? says that China the CCP goes on what China and the international community follow up follow or uphold is the United States United Nations centered international system and the international order underpinned by international laws not what it is advocated by a small number of, of countries of the so-called rules-based international order and that's that's the direct shot at what Blinken was saying about a rules-based order CCP goes on it's not just up to the American people but also the people of the world to evaluate how the United States has done in advancing its own democracy. In China's case, after decades of reform and opening up, we have come a long way in various fields. CCP goes on, but for China, what we have asked for for other countries is to follow a, peace, a, path, a, a path of peaceful development, and this is the purpose of our foreign policy. We do not believe in invading through the use of force or to topple other regimes through various means or to massacre the people of other countries because because of all of those would only cause turmoil and instability in this world. At the end of the day, all those would not serve the United States well. So pretty much what I what I get from that is China is pretty much telling us what they've been doing. Okay? They've been uh, invading through the use of force, Taiwan, uh, toppling other regimes, massacring the people of other countries, Uyghur Muslims. And it's like, it's totally crazy. You know, you just... You, it's so crazy. It's like a joke here. CCP continues, of course. So we believe that it is important for the United States to change its own image and stop advancing its own democracy in the rest of the world. Many people within the United States have actually have little confidence in the democracy of the United States, and they have various views regarding the government of the United States. In China, according to opinion polls, the leaders of China have wide support, have the wide support of the Chinese people. And that's because there's only one party in China China that is allowed to win, and that's the Communist Party. 
No attempt to smear China's social system will get anywhere. Facts have shown that such practices would only lead to the Chinese people to rally more closely around the Communist Party of China and work steadily towards the goals that we have set for ourselves. Well, that's because the Chinese, the Chinese, uh, the CCP, they indoctrinate their citizens. Like, you know, when they're young, everything, they teach them that Chinese malice propaganda. You know how it is. They, they uh, indoctrinate folks and they kill the dissidents. Now we are the first. Now we are into the first year of the 14-year development plan. We will continue along this path step by step. China's development is not just about delivering the benefits for the people of China, but also about contributing to the development of the world in the 21st century. And the next episode after this, uh, when I talk about AI, you're going to see how China is contributing to the world by uh, <laughs> getting technology that they, that they can use to easily kill people. So what we need to do is abandon the Cold War mentality and the zero-sum game approach. On some regional issues, I think the problem is that the United States has exercised long-arm jurisdiction and suppression and overstretched the national security through the use of force or financial hegemony. And this has created obstacles for, the, for normal trade activities, and the United States has also been persuading some countries to launch attacks on China. And as for China, we believe and we have handled import and export related issues according to scientific and technological standards. Well, I just want to tell you folks that the Chinese Communist Party has been at economic war with the United States for over 30 years. And with Xinjiang, Tibet, and Taiwan, they are an inalienable part of China's territory. China has firmly opposed the United States interference in China's internal affairs. We have expressed our staunch opposition to such an interference and we will take firm actions in response, as you heard on the audio. On human rights, we hope that the United States will still do better on human rights. China has made steady progress in human rights, and the fact that there are many problems with the United States regarding human rights, which has admitted by the United States itself as well. So, uh, apparently China is one of the leaders in uh, uh, global human rights by uh, persecuting people like the Nazis did. And for China, we will manage our own affairs well. We hope to deliver a better life for our 1.4 billion Chinese people. This is the goal of China's diplomacy. If there is competition between our two countries, I think the competition focuses on the economic aspect. The overwhelming majority of American businesses in China have said that China's businesses, business environment is good and nobody has forced them to stay in China. They see a profit coming from their presence in China and they see immense opportunities in China. That's why they are staying in China. That's because China uses slave labor. Have you ever seen an Apple or Nike factory in China? Those folks work for like 12 to 14 hours a day, get paid like nothing. They literally have to build suicide nets around those buildings because people try to jump out the window to kill themselves. Sounds like, sounds like human rights. Sounds like uh, human rights, right? Between our two countries, we've had confrontation in the past and the result did not serve the United States well. What did the United States gain from that confrontation? I didn't see any. And the only, only result was damages done to the United States. And China will pull through and has pulled through such confrontation. During the phone call between presidents, President Biden himself also talked about the importance of having no conflict or confrontation between our two countries. Well, for me, that's because uh, Biden is uh, owned by China. If you want to know why, listen to By Order of the CCP Parts 1 and 2. On cyber attacks, let me say that this to say that whether it's the ability to launch cyber attacks or the technologies that could be deployed, the United States is the champion in this regard. You can't blame this problem on anyone else. Well, in reality, China and the United States both do it a lot, actually. Says, here, here's, here's one that really wowed me. 
The United States itself does not represent international public opinion. Neither does the Western world. Whether judged by population scale or the trend of the world, the Western world does not represent the global public opinion. So, we hope that when talking about universal values or international public opinion on the part of the United States, we hope the U.S. side will think about whether it feels reassured saying those things because the United States does not represent the world. It only represents the government of the United States. I don't think the overwhelming majority of countries in the world would recognize the universal values advocated by the United States or that the opinion of the United States could represent international public opinion, and those countries would not recognize the rules made by a small number of people that would serve for the basis of the international order. Because, Mr. Secretary and Mr. Sullivan, you have delivered some quite different opening remarks, mine will be slightly different as well. So, uh, <laughs> see, China's getting feisty out here. So then, as you heard, Secretary Blinken goes on talking about the hallmarks of our leadership and making up for our mistakes and uh, doing it trans do it openly, publicly, and transparency while not trying to ignore them. This is a direct shot at the CCP because of the COVID-19 pandemic that they did cover up, in fact. It's not trying to pretend they exist or not trying to sweep them under a rug. And sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's ugly. But each and every time, we come out stronger, better, and more united as a country. So, yeah, that's shots, shots fired back at the CCP. But I, I kind of think that the CCP was eating our lunch here, you know? Sullivan says, a confident country is able to look hard at its own shortcomings and constantly seek to improve. And that is the secret sauce of America. Because <laughs> China doesn't look at its own shortcomings. That's pretty much what he's uh, saying here. Then uh, Sullivan goes on talking about how they collaborated with, Mar uh, collaborated with other countries to launch probes to Mars. And uh, it, he says, that is what can be accomplished by a country that is constantly reinventing itself, working closely with others, and seeking to constantly produce the kind of project, progress that benefits all of us and is rooted in the concept of human dignity and human rights that is truly universal that every man, woman, and child in this world aspires to. Pretty much another shot at the, uh, comp, uh, the concentration camps in Xinjiang. Then Director Wayne goes, well, it was my bad. When I entered this room, I should have reminded the United States of paying attention to its tone in our respective opening remarks, but I didn't. Disrespectful. The CCP disrespectful. Of course they go on. The Chinese side felt compelled to make this speech because of the tone on the United States side. Well, isn't this the intention of the United States, judging from what or the way that you have made your opening remarks, that it wants to speak to China in a condescending way from a position of strength? So, was this all carefully planned and was it carefully orchestrated with the preparations in place? Is that what you have hoped to, con to conduct in this dialogue? Well, I think that we too, I, I, well, I think that we thought too well of the United States. We thought that the United States side will follow the necessary dip diplomatic protocols. So for China, it was necessary that we made our position clear. So let me say that in let me say here in fact in front in front of the Chinese side that the United States does not have the qualifi qualification to say that it wants to speak to China from a position of strength. The United States side was not even qualified to say such things 20 years or 30 years back, but this is not the way to deal with the Chinese people. If the United States wants to deal properly with the Chinese side, let's follow the necessary protocols and do things the right way. Cooperation benefits both sides. So pretty much what I'm getting from that is the CCP is telling you to kneel. Well, as long as China's system is right with the wisdom of the Chinese people, there is no way to strangle China. Our history will show that one can only cause damages to himself if he wants to strangle or suppress the Chinese people. So, yeah, that is uh, a little, I went about 
13, 14 minutes longer, but uh, I just wanted to read a couple things for you folks. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I love you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for being alive. I'm thankful that God sent his son. Be well, be safe, and I will see you on the